0: All right, we've had a lot of announcements today, and I know some of you maybe are looking at your watches, your phones, whatever, don't. We're gonna be fine. I've told you before that the Lord just kinda changed my message. He upended my table like he did before. So I believe with all my heart this is what the Lord has me to bring. Except here's the challenge. This one message has turned into three. I'm going to be giving you the first part, Lord willing, this morning, the second tonight, the next, next Sunday morning. If you would do this, though, just pray that the Lord use it. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to a familiar passage, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. And by the way, speaking of phones, if you would make sure that yours is silenced, I want us to focus on this. Let's pray and ask the Lord to guide. Heavenly Father, Lord, now I ask that you would do your work. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us, settle our hearts Bring us into focus with thy word, I pray, in Christ's name, amen. Brother Whiteside and I were out on visitation yesterday, and we went by to see a teacher that he used to teach with uh, um, at Victory Christian. Great guy, his name's Jim Pratt, and uh, for decades he taught young people, did a wonderful job, but now, number one, he's all alone. His wife is gone. His sister is gone. His mother is gone, all within about two years. He's 73 years old. He is in a facility because he can't really take care of himself exactly. He's pleasant to talk to. It's no problem, but he's losing his memory He didn't recognize, he didn't remember me right away, and that's no problem. It's been a while since I've seen him. But I was talking to him about the scripture, and we're encouraging each other, and he's great to talk to. But I said, you know, it's great for you to take your Bible out and and remember the promises of God. He says, I can't. My mind just isn't there. When I focus on the verses, they don't make sense anymore. That's hard. Now, you know, to one degree or another, we've all struggled with some of the situations that we've seen in Scripture, but this is why it's important to take the Word right now and allow the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. The title of my message this morning, and we'll get to that passage soon enough, but the title of my message this morning is help thou mine unbelief. I am convinced that there is more drilling, there is more deepening of our walk with God, our stand with Him, what I have heard, and especially this last week with Brother Tozer while he was here, and by the way, if you weren't able to make it, every message is worth it. But especially Monday and Tuesday night, I would encourage you to go to our website And listen to those two messages, you will not be dissatisfied unless you don't like God's word. It was a joy, but this came to mind, I thought, this has got to take place. Now, we have been in this passage before, look at verse 11, Paul writing to Titus said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great god and our saviour Jesus Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity now listen to this and purify unto himself a peculiar people, a separated people, zealous of good works, look at me, please. That is, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul's description of you and me. If we have trusted Christ as our Savior, here we are in a local fellowship called of God to be zealous of good works. I've gotten to the point where many mornings I wake up And it's like, Lord, help me. First of all, I need your wisdom. But secondly, Lord, help me to be zealous of that which I can do for you, what you've called me to do. Could we all agree to do that? Every day God gives us, he desires us to do a job. If there's one thing our savior deserves, thinking of all that he's done for us, it's a body of believers that are enthusiastic, listen, and passionate to do his work. Lord, what can I do for you today? Now please, a few pages over, if you could go to 2 Timothy chapter one. 2 Timothy chapter one. In doing the good thing, the, the, the zealous of good works, there is something that the Lord needs and the apostle Paul alluded to as he prepares to exit this world. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, please at verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed, writing to Timothy, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. We don't have to to convince God that we're worthy of doing his work. If we're in Christ He gives us what we need. We talked about that with the gifts. He says it's according to his purpose and grace. This man stands here not because he's so smart, not because he's so gifted naturally. It's because God's call and the grace that God uses, and he can do the same with you. Thank you for the amen it needs to be. We need to remember this. Now, I've got a lot I'm going to be giving you over the next three services. Please hang with me in there. This is important. Let's continue. Look at verse 10. But is now manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles for the which cause i also suffer these things and you know something all they that live godly in christ jesus shall suffer persecution folks we are beginning to understand more and more there is going to be a price for naming the name of christ as we will see but he says this <coughs> nevertheless i'm not ashamed now now this is part and parcel of what got me going on this for I know whom I have believed, K-N-O-W, for I know whom I have believed, and not only that, I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You think the Lord Jesus Christ is going to abandon you? No. You think he's gonna keep you until we stand before him? Absolutely. Now, now listen, the Jewish writer, and it was probably Paul, the Jewish writer that wrote the book of Hebrews, you don't need to turn to it, said this to them. Hebrews 3.12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. The Jews had heard the gospel, but there is pressure now, from other Jews. Don't go after that. You're leaving the law of Moses. You're leaving the synagogue. Don't do that. (coughs) They were accused of being a traitor to their heritage. But listen, they weren't. They had trusted in the Messiah that God promised. But he's saying, look, you've heard the gospel. Many of you have been saved. Don't depart when you have trusted the gospel. Don't be like we saw before. Don't be a Demas, having loved this present world, departing to Thessalonica. Now, we'll be coming back to this passage later on. There was a time, and I'm not going to go into it as much as I wanted to, but there was a time when Christ in John 6, and we're going to see this a few weeks down the road on Sunday night as we continue in John. There was a time when there were disciples that heard something from Christ that was rather difficult to hear. They didn't understand it. Christ was talking about drinking his blood and eating his flesh. In other words, partaking of him. Wasn't talking about what the Catholic Church takes. It's a thing of where we are, we, we are partaking of Christ himself in this, sustained by him. But they were not willing to discern what the Lord was saying. In John 6, verse, verse 60 John wrote many, therefore, of his disciples when they heard this, said, this, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Now look, all across America, there are people that are sitting in churches just like this one, that at one time or another, they hear something from the pulpit, it's biblical, it's right. The preacher has rightly divided the word of truth, but they've heard something, and in their heart of hearts, they've said within themselves, this is a hard saying. No, 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 this, this, this is rough. This is, I, 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 can't, I can't fully embrace this. Jesus went on in verse 61, when Jesus knew in himself <clears throat> that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Did this offend you? Now, that's important. There are people that have been in this church. Something from God's word comes along and it offends them. They can't live with it. They are uncomfortable with it. It might be a command. It might be something that we are to depart from or we're to, to cling to. And it's like, you know what? <clears throat> I, I, I can go to the first church of the deep freeze. I can go to the first church of the happy times and I can get the same Jesus and I'll just, I'll, I'll just go there. Now, I'm not saying that we're unique and there's no, nobody else that preaches like this. No, praise, I praise God for the Bible preaching churches in Sacramento, And they're not all English speaking. I praise God for them. But let's please understand this, that the times are changing as we will see. And there needs to be a recognition that, folks, we must have a look at what we believe and say, yes, Lord, Yes, don't leave me yet. Let me get through this. But remember later on, several verses in John 6, and verse 66, the Bible says John wrote, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, you know what he said, will ye also go away? What was their response? Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Folks, listen. This is what being a Bible-preaching church is all about. Thus saith the Lord, and we recognize that when it comes to this book, where else are we going to go? This is God's word. We're going to believe it. what happens when we're offended at what the scriptures say there was an article and i don't know who this did, i don't know this man he's a writer for the for the washington times he wrote on something that just took place andy stanley and some of you may have heard of him andy stanley just had a gathering I forget the name of it, but it was a thing of, hey, we need to embrace everybody, including those that have gone after an LGBTQ lifestyle. Now, there are churches right now that are caving. I do not say this out of hate. I say it out of love. Because we cannot look at somebody who is going after the ways of the wicked one and say, Lord bless you. We can't do it. So here was Andy Stanley writing on his dad's name, continuing to press for God's people to say, look, you know, really we we can take God's word and we can prove that this is okay. We can prove this is biblical. This is what this man wrote. You can call Caitlyn Jenner a woman, but Caitlyn Jenner still has Y chromosomes. Pretending that intolerance is tolerant or licentiousness is love doesn't make it so. Claiming that a tiger has no stripes doesn't change the fact it's a big cat and it can kill you. Again, We don't get to make up our own Christianity. It's not our job to rewrite the definition of the faith. Christianity has a 2,000-year-old definition. Actually, it's longer than that. Pastors in large churches in Atlanta don't get to redefine it simply because it places some confines on their congregants' sex lives. Augustine, and Augustine had some problems, he did, but Augustine, who left behind his earthly desires, told us that if you believe what you like in the Gospels and reject what you don't, it is not the Gospel you believe in, it's yourself. That is an excellent statement. The Bible defines Christianity Not Andy Stanley or you or me. None of us has the prerogative to take the stripes off the tiger. Doctrinal positions are not meant to be musical chairs. The level of commitment to those doctrines isn't up for grabs. Christianity is not a faith of half measures. It is an all in proposition. In other words, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. The record of the ministry of Christ on earth, you read the Gospels, the record of the ministry of Christ on earth is at times heartbreaking. It is. If you read your Bible, if you read the New Testament, you know that. You read the Gospels, you read Paul, you read James, you read Peter, you read Jude. It's a heartbreak. Why? Here was God come in the flesh, performing miracles, speaking like no man had ever spoken before. And yet there was unbelief out there. This is a hard saying, Jesus. Who can hear it? We can't handle it. This is a hard saying. I I, I can't reject my friend because they live in an ungodly lifestyle. We're not rejecting him. You give him the gospel. It's the gospel that saves. But I know, you know, I've got a family member. Yeah, so do we. But you know something? The gospel is the thing that saves, not our okay brand on how they live. It's not there. And I'm talking about much more. Think about this. When it comes to what Christ went through when he was here on earth, folks, he went home. He went to where he grew up. And when he's there and he's teaching, people are going, what's going on here? Isn't this Joseph's son? I mean... I remember work this guy did. Is this, where did he learn all this stuff? In Matthew 13, 58, it says, because of their response, he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Are you listening? In fact, in Mark, it says this about the same thing. Listen, please, to the word, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Now, you know one of the things I'm telling you? Look, thank you for the happy birthday. If I was worth that, would you please do this? Would you please listen to God's word? I get to wondering, what does Christ think when he looks on Faith Baptist? Does he come in, look around, and go, you know what? <laughs> they're great people, I died for them, I love them, but they've got, they, they don't have as much room in their heart for me that they're really telling themselves. And he did not many mighty works there. I wanna see God do works, amen? I mean, listen. We're praying for the two-minute warning. This place is going to be filled with men. We want to see God move in men here. But it's more than that because we're here every Sunday. I want to see him do more. And it's going to take not physical effort. It's going to be born out of the prayer closet. It comes, as Andrew Murray calls it, absolute surrender absolute. Why? Because that's the kind of belief that the Lord pays attention to. Can you imagine the people that stepped into eternity and realized what they missed? By the way, if you have any doubt as to who's in the Jewish state, let me tell you something, those people are Jews, that's why Satan's been going after them like crazy, and by the way, it was their forefathers 2,000 years ago that said to the leadership in Rome, his blood be on us and on our children, and that has been the reason why they have gone through what they've gone through, through 2,000 years. Yeah, but they're godless people. Oh yeah, they are. One of these days, the remnant, those that are left, are going to look on him whom they have pierced, and they're going to realize that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. It's, it's amazing how airheads on podcasts can start skewing, the, you know, just twisting these things and such. Listen. Listen. I'm going to get into the word of God. Let the word of God speak for itself. Rightly divide the word of God. There's two things. Don't you ever forget it. We have the Bible, God's word. Two things. Number one, the word of God, it speaks for itself. It interprets itself. Number two, if you're saved, you've got the writer in your heart. He helps you understand it. He helps you understand it. I wonder what Christ again thinks. You know, Abraham grew in his faith. So the Apostle Paul said this, Romans 4.20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Why is that important? I'm glad you asked. Go to Hebrews 11. Now, I'm keeping a, lo- I'm keeping a watch on the time we're not going to get as far as I wanted to. This might wind up turning into a four service message. And everybody's going, I'm so glad. Just look at verse six. We're going to be coming back to this later on. But look at this. Verse six, but without faith, in other words, without belief, faith, belief, trust. Greek word pistis, verb form pistuo, to place your reliance upon, to have confidence in, all right? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without that belief, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now again, Keep this in mind. We're going to be coming back to this verse later on. But now, go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. I have alluded to this already. Here is a man. He has a child in need. The wicked one is torturing, tormenting, and he comes. Verse 21, look at it please. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child, and oft times it, has, it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, now listen to this. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Listen to the words of the father. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Listen. Again, we're going to be coming back to this, that we're, we're going to be going back and forth. This is going to take a while. I'm, I, I'm not apologizing for it. It's important. But our unbelief needs help. My, my unbelief needs help. There's not a person in here, including me, that doesn't have bouts of uncertainty where we've got to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I I need your work right now. I need help. I need strength. Lord, give me discernment. Give me wisdom. Lord, help, I pray. Help thou mine unbelief. You know, you look at the church in general, and and you know as well as I do, there are people that have just, they've, they've stepped away You know, sometimes just to ignore it. You know, because face it, getting into the spiritual warfare is not a walk in the park. And it's going to get worse. We've already had a situation where there was a lady that ran for president, I think it was 2016, and she said, you know, we've got freedom of worship here in America. No, we don't have freedom of worship. Folks, we have freedom of religion. They want us to keep our religion in our four walls and shut us up when we walk out. I I, I think the biblical response is, no way, Jose. No, I'm sorry. In fact, I've been reading, and I was going to go into this, but I'm not, I'm not going to this morning, but um, Rich Chozier, when he was here, talked about a brother, Lutzer, who wrote We Will Not Be Silenced, and I realized I've got that book on Kindle, and I started listening to it, I was reading it as well, and boy, he, you know, he cites some situations where Listen, the Marxist, and by the way, when I say Marxist, I'm not getting political. Marxism is antichrist. That's what backs it. And that's what we're living in right now. And the pundits and the politicians, so many of them, and so many more in, in, in academia, they're there, they're holding on to it. And they're not here to just, you know, we'll have a discourse. Why do you think they're shutting people down on campuses that run contrary to what they say? This is infecting everybody. That's why the government schools in America are just about useless now. The military is heading there. And you know something? We've got a challenge on our hands. But greater is he, again, that is in you than he that is in the world. And all God's people said, let's not forget it. Lord, increase our faith. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Instead of saying, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? Let's respond, Lord, increase our faith. A.W. Tozer observed this. Contemporary Christians have been caught on the spurious logic that those who have found him need no longer seek him. Nothing could be further from the truth. The paradox of the Christian faith is that those who know him are the ones that seek him come near to the holy men and women of the past and you will soon feel the heat of their desire after God. They mourned for him. They prayed and wrestled and sought for him day and night, in season and out. And when they found him, the finding was all the sweeter for the long seeking. We're going to be going to three places And then this is the start, and we go on. And I'm not going to be able to get into it this morning, but we're going to go to three places. We need to pray believing, obey believing, and await believing. But then we have more after that. Tonight, we will begin this, pray believing, obey believing, truly believing, and await Believing.